When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Emily Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey. And we're qualified London blue badge tourist guides. Each week we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people, places and events with a bit of information, a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London podcast and on our websites guideemily.com and alexlacey.com for information about our upcoming walking tours, virtual tours, as well as the Blue Badge qualification. Hello, Emily. Hello, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) It's so nice to see you. We might actually be able to record this together next week rather than being on. Oh, I know. Gosh, um, how special better. that will feel. It's it been will. a very long time, isn't it? <laughs> it really has. I think I'm, I'm quite looking forward to that, actually. Yes, me too. Um, me yeah, too. Make a, make a nice change. Yeah. How have you been? Good. Um, I've been binge watching The Crown like there's no tomorrow. How have you, you watched it? Uh, do you know what? I watched the first series a couple of years ago and I've never watched any more. So I need to, <gasps> I need to get on that. Oh, you have to watch Gillian Anderson playing Margaret Thatcher. It is just, just She's horrifyingly good. <laughs> she really, really is. It's just, it's just fantastic. You need to watch it. Your Maggie voice is coming along well. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Oh, well, listen, um, it's so nice to see you this week. We've got, um, I'm excited about this, this week's uh, podcast because um, we, it's not something I know anything about, the 1212 fire. Oh, good. Which is so, uh, yeah. Because often, you know, we know little bits about stuff, don't we? But not yes, much detail, but I've not even heard of it. It is one that has been um, overlooked. And I think after I've told you the, the, the horror, the story... <laughs> Oh, um, surely not. But you like everything that's really like nice you, you, you know, I've been looking into this and thinking, God almighty, you know, because obviously with the fire, there is going to be a little bit of death here and there. Um, <laughs> right up your alley. <laughs> so, but um, I will make an effort to talk about things that are a little bit more light and fluffy. Rubbish. Yes. Rubbish. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we know your true goth sensibility, your dark, dark heart. But before we get to that, um, we have to do the results of podcast pedestal. So, are you feeling? Are you feeling confident? I don't know. I feel like last week was a very because I mean we've had some weeks where we thought it's going to really split the vote, and actually it's been quite a whitewash. Um, but I yeah. sort of feel like this week it's going to be really close because we both went for something that, that related to Mary Seacole. Yes. Which is quite interesting. Um, and Florence sort of got, didn't really get much of a look in, but you know, she can, she can handle Sorry, it. Flo. Sorry, Flo. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Not Flo. Um, and so, yeah, Mary was kind of getting the, getting the accolades last week from, from us anyway. And, you know, we were very, very important. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it's going to be pretty close. What about you? Are you, uh... Uh, well, to be honest, when you said the letter, I did think, oh, 
damn it. Um, <laughs> but I have seen the vote from my side because right. obviously, you know, I put up a poll, you put up a poll, and then we put up a joint poll. Yeah. And I'm quite confident with my poll. <laughs> Um, because we're four four at the moment, and it would just be just such a spectacular victory if I'm able to to jump one ahead, which I haven't done. You've since been the wanting first week. that for so long, haven't I? You, have been jumping one that. ahead. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it, was can... your, it was your week, so in fairness, it's like kind of home crowd advantage, isn't it? Really? Yes, true. But um, no. yes. Well, anyway, let's go un- for it then. Unveil, unveil. Unveil. So just to remind you, the options were, my choice was uh, the letter that went into the newspaper, which was the one that reminded everybody uh, what Mary Seacott had done in the Crimea and kind of started this crowdfunding uh, appeal to help her. And your much more rubbish suggestion was... <laughs> oh my God, all right. Oh, I t- oh that, that means I definitely haven't won. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm just, I don't know why I'm trying to... Put, put the vote my way because everyone's already voted so <laughs> yes exactly should you so my fantastic suggestion was um the move to panama so she um after losing her husband headed to panama to go and see her brother and when she was there um it was quite clear how much she knew about nursing and how she could really help people and i think that opened the doors um to lead her to where where she she ended up going which was eventually Crimea yeah brilliant Um, choice and before (laughs) very 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 strong choice and actually before I tell you the the results I did get um, a message from uh, one of our listeners Susan um, who said that she listened to our podcast and then she went and watched um, a a quiz show which is a quiz show I love called um, Richard Osman's House of Games and directly after listening to the podcast there was a question they have one round occasionally where they put they get kids to ask questions and one of the questions was what was the name of Mary Seacole's husband and she got it did Susie she get um, it no she said she couldn't remember but oh. <laughs> it was in there somewhere I, I kind of love that I, I love that this, that was brilliant. a kid like, who was about five or six years old was asked to set this question so I love that Mary Seacole is now popping up in uh you know broader education which is fantastic his Gosh, name was Edwin yes. for those who who didn't uh, know or didn't pick that up but anyway did so, you say children of five or six yeah they kind of they get the, the the writer's kids to set questions and they're all variety of ages from like two to twelve or something Crikey. and um yeah, this is uh, that that one was I think a six year old or seven year old or something. Wow. And, um, yeah. So clearly they're they're teaching about Mary Seacole, which that I am really, all really behind. Um, so here we go. Right. So the letter uh, to the press and uh, her trip to Panama. I have to tell you, this is the closest one we have ever <gasps> ever had. Oh my goodness me! Are we just literally a couple of votes out? Yes, literally <gasps> a couple of votes out. We're both in the fifties. Okay, that's so, good. Your choice, which was uh, the letter, uh, sorry, no, not the letter, it was the um, trip to Panama. Yeah. Flat bang in the middle at 55. Okay. Which is a very, very sound showing. That's a very good score. Thank you very much for voting, everybody. And my one's also in the 50s. <gasps> oh, God, I bet it's 56, isn't it? 58. Oh, my God, I hate <laughs> you. 58. Have you checked to see that I didn't accidentally vote for you? Do you know what I did One of those actually. needs to come off. Actually, to be honest, I don't <laughs> think I You're stupid did. enough to vote for me. I will take that vote. Oh, God, that's so annoying. <gasps> 58. 58. Yeah, sorry about that. I mean, I'm not sorry, but... Oh, gosh, that is so annoying. Two votes. Three. 
three votes. Oh, yes, of course. God, I can't even count. <laughs> I'm a loser and I'm terrible at maths. Um, oh, oh, gosh, it's sorry, five, four. This sorry, is just getting ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> well, not for me, it's not. No, it's not, no, not for you. Not for you. You're well, let's see, if, let's see if you can pull it back this week. Right. So yes. we're going to go for um, the 12 12 fire. Fire yes, away. Because um, the very good uh because the wheel of course it landed in southwark and southwark is on the south side of the river thames it is where today you could find the tate modern gallery the shakespeare's globe theater it's very close to london bridge all the good stuff all the good stuff and i would like to tell you about a couple of fires actually that roared through southwark because there's been well many famous fires through london would you like to name one Alex? we don't we don't we don't learn from mistakes uh, the, well i'm gonna go with the um it was a really big fire in london it's quite a great fire um the, the london great fire or something like that i think it's called was it around the 1600s yeah 1660 something yeah. yeah well you're very close it was 1666 yes it's, it's one that people don't often mention um <laughs> the least yes, known of all the london yes, fires the huge fire of 1666 which tore through the city of london destroyed about 80 percent of london in the space of three to four days um but there has been many many fires i mean even if you go back to 60 a.d uh, a time when the queen of the Iceni tribe, Boudicca, also known as Bodicea, burn Londinium to the ground. The ashes can still be seen today. Um, fires in the 1700s over near the area of Bow, which tore through the streets of the East End. Um, a big fire in 1861, which took place in Tooley Street. Oh, yeah, um, that's, a, that's a big one, isn't it, that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But where I want to take you is 1212. Now, we don't know how this particular fire started. And of course, it's 1212. So we don't have Samuel Pepys at the top of the, the church, you know, writing everything down. and Burying his cheese like a madman. <laughs> yes, his Parmesan cheese. Some sort um, of weird oversized mouse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if people don't know that story, so Samuel Pepys, he was a diary writer, wrote about the Great Fire of London. And one of the first things he did was he got his prize palms and cheese and buried it, didn't he? Yes, to protect it from the, the oncoming fire. <laughs> from a melting it's priorities. Mess. I mean, in fairness, you know, yes. cheese is, is a good one to try. <laughs> yeah, I think he buried a couple of his wine bottles as well. I mean, living the high life. Great party at the end of it, though. Yeah. Now, we do know that the fire started around um, the afternoon of the 10th of July, 1212. Um, now, this wouldn't have been that shocking to see a fire. Fires were incredibly common um, and were common until about, you know, the 1800s when electricity uh, first came to be. And especially back then and up until about the time of the Great Fire of London, a lot of the buildings were made out of wood, a lot of the yeah, roofs. That's going to not help, is it that's really? not going to help at all. But I think the people of Southwark soon realised how huge this fire was when the cathedral, when Southwark Cathedral completely collapsed. Oh my goodness. And if you go to the end of London Bridge on the south side today, you will find Southwark Cathedral, the next Southwark Cathedral. The one uh, that was burnt down in 1212 was pretty much the same size as the one that we have there now, which is gigantic. Yeah, it's a pretty decent size, especially 
now when you consider it's under a railway bridge and in the middle of a market and you yeah you expect to find it there do you yeah completely and this church it was called St Mary Overy or Overy which basically means over the river also known as Our Lady of the Cannons so that was completely destroyed and the fire went shooting off in a couple of directions it went heading off in the direction down Borough High Street right yeah and it also headed to London Bridge right well now at this point i would like to tell you a little bit about london bridge if i may please love the uh, london because, bridge history yes because we've had quite a few bridges i mean you might have heard of that song you can london bridge is falling down i assume i'm not going to sing it come oh, over come on, Give it over. Come on. <laughs> um so london bridge is falling down we've had quite a few um, the bridge that was there in 1212 was only three years old. It was a stone bridge and it replaced a wooden bridge. And the bridge that was there in 1212 and that was there until 1799, um, it wasn't where London Bridge can be found today. It was about 30 metres east of where London Bridge is today. Okay. Um, the bridge would have been so exciting. I really wish um, I could have walked over it because you had so many buildings on the bridge. It was Hickelty and Pickelty. It was basically a warren of wooden dwellings. Is it one of those kind of amazing ones? Um, they've still got some in, in Venice where the buildings on the outside and actually crossing. You can't even see the river. It's, it's, it's like it's a street, but just over the river rather than... Yeah, exactly. So, today. Yeah, completely. So if you went onto London Bridge, there would be like this tiny kind of pathway in between uh, a load of buildings. And the pathway would have been very, very dark because a lot of the buildings on either side of you would have gone up and also jutted out. So as they go up, they jut out, they go up, they jut out, they go up, they jut out. So if you were to look up, you know, you've got a tiny little gap where the sun is going to come down. Yeah. So it's incredibly dark. You've got so many shops. It's believed that there was around 67 shops, so just oh under 70 shops. Goodness. <laughs> yeah, there at the time of 1212. And it was King John um, who approved the construction of lots of wooden shops and houses on the bridge. Right. So I just like the idea of, you know, the peddlers and the smells, and there was probably some kind of dodgy dealings going on because you could easily get away with it as it was so dark down there <laughs> it's not like you to go for the uh the sort of the, the grubby and the grotesque is it emily <laughs> it's really not i mean i you know i i feel a bit uncomfortable actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course. i'm sure you do she's, she's sitting there everyone she's got this look of glee on her face the fact that it's all got a little bit a little, oh, no, bit, dark. A little bit dark. <laughs> this is a really sad story actually this is a really sad story so anyway we've got to the point where the fire has completely torn down the cathedral now people are starting to panic a little bit and remember you've got london bridge there this was the only bridge along the River Thames up until about the, the middle of the 1700s. So a lot of people are wanting to get away from the south side. They mm. can see that the wind is starting to uh, push the fire, starting to, you know, have hot cinders and all sorts of um, different kind of like uh, hot ash that's starting to be oh, blown. That's the kicker, isn't it? Because when that lands, lands somewhere that, that's you know dry or, or ready to kind of go up in flames that's that's gonna do it isn't it 
Exactly. I mean, that's, you know, what fed the fire in 1666. It was the wind pushing it, pushing all of that, um, all of the hot ash and everything. Um, so people could see that there were kind of multiple fires that were starting around the area of Southwark. So people are thinking, right, I'm going to get over London Bridge and get to the north side. Mm. So lots of people (laughs) get that cheese. (laughs) So lots of people start heading onto London Bridge. And this is a time as well where when it comes to fighting fires, all you've really got is um, uh, handheld pumps and also buckets. That's what Mm. people are using. You know, people didn't really have the knowledge of how to really stop a fire, especially when it was being moved by the wind. Uh, Now, people over on the north side, they're looking over. They can see that the cathedral is ablaze and uh, quite a few of them want to help. So Mm. they start making their way onto London Bridge, which is always packed anyway, full of people, but even more so now. And they are heading over to the south side with buckets of water to try and help put out the fire. But as they start to do this, these burning embers are suddenly pushed towards the north side of London Bridge. So what you've essentially got is people coming from the south side into the middle of the bridge, people coming from the north side, and they're packed, they're squashed in the middle. And on either side of them, they can see that they can't get off the bridge on the south side now because it's just, you know, completely catching fire. And this is also the same for the north side. So you've got a huge amount of people that are trapped on the bridge. Oh my goodness, this does not sound good. It doesn't, does it? And it's, you know, the, the, the drama of it all, because I know obviously with the Great Fire of London, it must have been it's so terrifying to see the, the, the flames just swallow everything in its path. Mm. But because, you're, because you've got a bridge underneath, you've got so much water. So the irony of having something that's going to put out the flames yeah. so close. That you can't is, get to. Yeah, it's just it's the drama of it all. Like, I really wish they made, made a film of this. Um, well, they might. Who knows? <laughs> so, sell, it, um, sell it, girl. So, so um, a lot of people um, uh, fall off the bridge and into the water and drown. Um, a lot of people are just suffocated by the ash uh, and by the heat. So before the flames actually even get to them, a lot of people are dying because you've just got, um, you know, so much smoke in the middle of the bridge. My goodness. Um, at this point as well, uh, it's gone on for about a day and it actually goes on for two days, well, just over. So it starts on the 10th and it ends on the 12th. Mm-hmm. So not as long as the Great Fire in 1666, but still it takes two days, just over two days to put, put it completely out. Um, so there are rescue boats underneath London Bridge trying to save people, but so many people are jumping into them that the boats are capsizing. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and people, again, are drowning in the river. Now, it has been said that about 3,000 people died in this fire. What? Yeah. That's a huge amount of people. It really is, isn't it? Especially compared to the... Um uh the, the great fire of london which only well they, they you know they say uh only about six or seven people died which yeah you know there are conflicting you know ideas about whether or not that's true but still that's that's a vast difference yeah yeah it really is um there i mean this has been disputed as well i mean this was written 
by John Stowe in 1603, so quite some time after, um, who uh, numbers the casualties as over 3,000. Mm. But because the population of London at that time was about 50,000, you know, were there that many people around there at the time? Possibly so. You've got the city of London right there. Mm. London Bridge is full of people. Plus London Bridge is, is a very large bridge. You've not only got the 67 uh, shops, but you've also got places where people live. You've also got the Chapel of St. Thomas on the mm. bridge. Um, and this was quite a famous chapel because it's where the pilgrimage started in London for people to leave and head to Canterbury to yeah. go and see Thomas Beckett's shrine. Mm. And this chapel completely went up in flames. Um, there was also on the bridge um, a gatehouse. Um, there was a drawbridge. So maybe that figure could be correct. But certainly what is, what is known is more people died in this fire than they did in 1666. Goodness. And I suppose you've got a drawbridge there. The drawbridge is made of wood. Did the drawbridge uh, burn? So, you know, essentially trapping people on the bridge or? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I know that uh, although a lot of the buildings um, and the things that were on the bridge collapsed, the bridge itself, because it was made out of stone, mm. it was there until they decided to build a new one which wasn't until 1799. So they continued to, well, I guess they would have got rid of all the kind of broken and burnt timber. Yeah. And then they just built more houses. They built more places where people could sell things. They built a market. They rebuilt the chapel. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, it's quite so. extraordinary that they, they did that knowing full well that the, the severity of people getting trapped on the bridge could potentially yeah. happen again absolutely yeah although i did read that thatched roofs were banned for a year oh just just for a year just, just for that, a year so, just so, for a year so the fire can forget how to burn thatched roofs and they can come back and do it again yeah yeah <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> so that's a bit crazy isn't it yeah. isn't it shall i say um and the earliest account of the fire was in 1274. So this was in the Book of Ancient Laws. Okay. And um, it said, in this year was the Great Fire of Southwark. So the Great Fire of Southwark. Gosh. And it burned the Church of St. Mary, as also the bridge with the chapel there, and a great part of the city of London. Oh, wow. So, you know, to think that the, the, the fire, you know, jumped over the river essentially mm. which is incredibly incredibly wide is um quite extraordinary isn't it that is quite mad and and yeah i mean are there any sort of so why did it take so long for it to be written down then do we know i don't know is it just text that maybe i guess well so 1274 I mean, back then, you know, you've got to think that paper was very expensive. Probably not everybody could read or write. You probably only had a couple of people kind of documenting things. Mm. I guess it was written elsewhere, but as a known um, source, the Book of Ancient Laws was probably something that was quite famous. Yeah, I suppose people I would imagine. 
document stuff quite so much yeah and, and is, there, um, is there anywhere in in the area that has like um you know uh, are there any plaques or anything to it or are there any sort of markers to the fire so not for the fire not that i've uh, found but you can there are different areas where you can see bits of that particular london bridge yeah. so if you're on for instance the north side of the river there is a church there called st magnus the martyrs and if you enter st magnus the martyrs the first thing you have to do is go underneath underneath the arch and the arch um, was used to enter the bridge so you would have gone through the arch and then you would have gone onto the bridge itself oh right um, and there's also within the the garden of the church there's parts of london bridge you can see the old bits of stone so and it was in 1799 when they decided that a newer larger bridge should be built so um whilst they built the new london bridge which was 30 meters upstream people still used this old one and then when the new one was opened in the 1830s um the old one completely came down wow yeah Gosh, so but so no, that bridge was still used up until um up until wow. the 1830s is that the one then that had the 19 arches that went across the river yes exactly yes yeah, so yeah yeah 19 Gosh. underneath so so pretty big well pretty robust um, bridge to be able to you know for, to be able to sort of survive that much of a huge fire and not have to be torn down or anything like that that's quite yeah quite impressive. absolutely and there there has been a couple of other fires in southwark so about 400 years later in 1676 uh, which was 10 years after the Great Fire of London, Southwark suffered a huge fire which took over uh, hundreds of buildings. And this was a fire um, that started in uh, a shop that sold oil and paint and it just completely exploded. Yes, I and the fire, that. Yeah, <laughs> and the fire spread so quickly. I didn't read that anybody died in that particular fire, but in terms of... The loss of the loss of buildings it was pretty extreme well this is the thing londoners were so used to everything burning that you know very famously when the great fire started and they went to the uh, the lord mayor and they said there's a fire happened and you know it started in the, in the kind of in the night and he um he said oh an old woman could pee it out because he was so sort of like yes. ah, it's just another fire yeah which he came to you know, live to regret those words but it's that thing of there were so many fires all over the place because everything was made of wood and like you say, yeah. so tiny, like all the streets are so small. And, and if you've got all this, these wooden buildings, you've got hot summers or, and these, it's going to happen, isn't it? Yeah. Famously, the globe burned down as well. So yeah. fire is something that we Yeah, are, which is also in Southwark. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's something that, that bizarrely kind of happens quite a lot. And then of course, we go all the way through to the 1850s and we have the what was then the houses of parliament which also burns down and you yeah, think yeah how do you guys not learn from your mistakes i know and actually before that so another one in 1814 um a palace burnt down in southwark it wasn't being used as a palace um it hadn't been used as a palace for about 100 years at this point in 1814 but it was winchester palace which was oh. used by the bishops of winchester which was huge you know it was kind of turned into warehouses and you had like the great hall and the kitchens that were being used to store certain things. And this fire um, just burnt pretty much the whole palace. And the only bit that you can see now that still remains is a little bit of the hall. 
Mm. See the ruins of the hall and also part of the window as well. Big, beautiful rose window, isn't there? Yes. Yeah, gorgeous. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. So there we go. Fab. Thank you. Forget about the Great Fire in 1666, everyone. (laughs) 1212. This is the one we're going for. It's the 1212. And I love how the dates, you know, they're very easy, uh, you know, rememberable. Remember, is that a word? We're going to go with it. Yes, memorable. They're memorable. Easy to remember. That's what we like. Exactly. Ah, Fab. Fab. Well, I feel like I know a little bit better, a a bit more about the area that I live very close to. Yeah, Um, true. Thank you so much, Emily. Welcome. (laughs) Podcast Pedestal. So, well, yes, now yeah. we have to choose, don't we? We do. Gosh. I mean, I, I knew that I was doing this. I've, I've known that I was doing this for a week. I, I, and I haven't picked one yet. <laughs> I've had a week to really think about this. Have you got an idea? I think I do, yeah. Go on then. So uh, I'm going to go for the wind... Because I think that, you know, the wind, it took the hot ash and the burning embers, not just around the area of Southwark, but onto London Bridge and even as far as the city of London. Like the wind did that. I'm going to go for the wind. All right. What about you? Well, I'm going to go with the thing that kind of struck me about the story was... Uh, all the locals coming onto the bridge from the south to sort of flee and from the north to help. Mm. And, you know, you've got this image of this bridge with small, uh, the small kind of alleyway going through the middle and all these uh, big kind of wooden buildings on either side. And essentially these people who are stuck and, and by trying to help and trying to sort of do the right thing in a bit of a panic situation made the entire thing a whole lot worse than it could have been. So I think the yeah, the sort of the arrival of the locals onto the bridge um is uh is going to be my pick because i feel that's quite a crux point in the story it is was it the way that i that i told it the beautiful manner that you told it (laughs) (laughs) brought it to life (laughs) i felt like i was there i could feel the heat of the flames licking my face and i could see the panicked people around me and and i was there with them (gasps) gosh i'm just trying (laughs) to like if you do win i'm just trying to kind of convince myself that i helped that (laughs) <laughs> you did it's entirely down to you and your storytelling well i just want to say i think um i think your choice was was good but i'm gonna blow you away <laughs> you just try you just try all these new all these people on the bridge we're back to new pants please again that's it new pants new please. please god yeah absolutely new pants Great. please and then some with 1212 yeah pants please <laughs> that's your choice for this week it is either um the wind blowing the embers or it is the uh, arrival of all the locals onto the bridge which exacerbates the problem so there we go so keep your eyes peeled on uh social media for those polls that you can take part in we'd love to know what you think Yay! Yay! Right, before we get to uh, the Wheel of Destiny. Wheel of Destiny. Wheel of Destiny. How, what have we got coming up? What are you up to? So I've still got my Christmas tours Yay. on sale. So I have my festive Christmas tour on the 8th and also the 15th of December, both at 7 o'clock. And um, 
Yeah, I have been drinking a lot of mulled wine and <laughs> eating many mince pies and gingerbread men to research. get me in yeah, research, total yeah. research. Tax deductible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's true. I didn't think about that. Um, so yeah, I'm ready for it. So if you're feeling Christmassy, um, then you can book. At and even if you're not, come and get in the mood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What about yourself? Well, I've got my last in my virtual tour series this weekend, which is River Rambles. So we're telling yeah. the history of London through uh, the River Thames. And also this weekend, I'm starting back with my walking tours, which I'm so oh excited about. Yes. So this week, uh, it's going to be Sunday of this week. Uh, we are doing Harlots and Boards, which is my Georgian sex trade tour, which I I'm obsessed with right now and then we're going to do blood and guts in smithfield and clerkenwell mm. and i'm also tempted to do some christmas lights walking tours so i'd like to know what you if you would think that anyone would like to do that if you let me know uh listeners not you emily i don't care if you're interested and you think that might be something that people would want to do let me know because i'm in sort of two minds about whether or not to offer some christmas lights walking tours because they could be kind of fun um mm. i don't know if there's a there's a market out there for that so let, yeah let me know what you think um and then i've got other walking tours coming up on the following weekends as well so head to alexlacy.com to find out more walking tours are a very easy 15 pounds and it's all covid compliant and everything and i wear a ridiculous mask so you can enjoy that <laughs> lovely the wheel of destiny right wheel of destiny time your the wheel of destiny. so it's your turn to pick this yes. week alex where would you like the wheel to land right well um last week i decided i was going to be a bit more organized about it so i actually wrote down a little list of oh. some things i wanted to do on some of the places that we have on the wheel not absolutely okay. everywhere um but a lot of them so i've kind of got a little list of things um that i would quite like to do depending on where it lands so uh, oh, that's a good idea i should do yeah. that so I've, I've so yeah i've got a little little a little hit list really okay. i just hope that it lands on something that i've got something for otherwise it'll be a bit of a scramble <laughs> Okay, so just there's not a particular area because no. you, your list is quite a yeah got something I've, for everything most things that we've got on the wheel. So yeah, okay, I'll, uh, okay. I'll see what happens. I love how prepared you are. Yeah. Right, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Okay. Mm. Oh, uh, oh, oh my God! Bloody what? hell! Not again. No, is it not back at Westminster? Is it? <laughs> This honestly, the wheel just loves Westminster. <laughs> have you have you uh, sort of put a little bit of weight on one side so that it no, always is God, how many times is that now? That must be uh, that's three. That's, that's the, the third, third one. The third time. Which is I think the only time we've had a double up that we had in the other. Yeah. Um, just double up. I think we have had another double up. Well, well either we way. Haven't. Either way. Westminster. Well, so that's okay, because I do have something written down for Westminster. I have a couple of things. Good. But one that I really, really was um, actually kind of happy with this, because one that I love that I was hoping would come up. Um, I want to tell you about something that happened during the Second World War, uh, which is called Operation Mincemeat. What? Yeah. It's so good. It's such a great story. I'm not going to tell you anything about it now. Don't look anything up, because I want to tell you about it next week. Operation Mincemeat. Yeah, that's my... Operation uh, Mincemeat. Yes. This sounds very intriguing, Alex. It's very festive, is it, isn't it? <laughs> is it going to make me want to eat a mince pie after? Uh, no, I wouldn't have said so. Okay. Well, actually, it's you, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. So it's a, bit, it's a bit disturbing, is it? No, not disturbing. There's a little bit of death, only a little bit. Ooh. And there's a lot of subterfuge 
and oh. intrigue oh. and quite a bit of machination and ning 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 it's oh. a great story i'm really excited okay to tell you. well guys yeah. tune in for that what is it operation mincemeat Mince brilliant title yeah Nothing to do with mince pies. Okay. Operation mince meat. Operation mince meat. Brilliant. That'll be next week's one. Good. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, listen, that's it for this week. Um, Thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, rate us, tell people about the podcast. I know we've had a few uh, new listeners come in, which is great. We're really thrilled with that. Hello. Um, But we'd love, uh, yeah, love, love you to kind of keep sharing it and, uh, and telling people about it because we're going to carry on with it. So we are. We're never going to stop doing this, never. are we? No. Going to be in our nineties in a nursing home. Yeah, it would be sixty-five. <laughs> I'll be breaking my fingers to spin the wheel. We'll be going. Is it bloody Westminster again? <laughs> Actually, I'd just like to say that I don't think that sixty-five-year-olds have problems with their fingers. Sixty-five-year-olds are very energetic. I should have said something like ninety-five. Yes, I'm aiming for 90s. Anyway, um, that's our plan. So yeah, please let anyone know. Uh, Again, thank you to Ben and Susie for our fabulous jingles. And we will see you next week. See you next week, guys. Have a wonderful week. Take care. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 